Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. We started going down the church around. It was like, let's write a book proposal. Let's find an agent. And we very quickly, like, got shut down in our first literary agent meeting because mm-hmm. the, and the guy was like he was so kind but he was just like look this proposal is awesome all the artwork is awesome there's nothing on the market like this is so great and I was like yes this is amazing and he just goes no publisher is going to touch this because of the amount of money that is required mm-hmm. like it's going to take so much of a financial investment and then he gave me all the reasons why it wouldn't work for me as the author right mm-hmm. I had no social media I had no platform. I had never written a book. I was a full-time teacher. Like I had a totally different job, wasn't an entrepreneur, didn't treat it like a business, didn't even know how to do that. And I was so green in the world of publishing that very early on after that meeting, I probably left in the first, the first 72 hours, I was just like super dejected Mm -hmm. because I couldn't see a path forward. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have this idea. I know the world needs this. I know I can give it to them. I have a certain level of expertise. I know, you know, I can write. I have a command of language. I am excited about the Bible and I, I can figure out how to do this. I just mm-hmm. can't see how it's going to like insert itself into mm-hmm. the traditional model. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Erin, welcome to She. Hello, nice to be here. Oh, so happy to have you. I feel like we've talked about recording a podcast for a long time, so now we're finally sitting down to do it, and I think this is going to oh, be so good. I can't wait to share everything we're going to talk about today, but let's start here. Let's start with a little of your background and what led you to doing what you do now as you coach aspiring writers on their own books, and I mean, you've published a lot of books, so tell us a little bit of your background and what led you to doing what you do now. Yeah, I mean, I started off in the teaching classroom. I taught middle school, if you can believe it, for a really long time. And then uh, just was called straight out of the classroom to write a book series for young girls to learn about the women of the Bible and access stories about women in scripture in ways that they hadn't really had a chance to do that. So Bible Bells was born from like a deep-seated desire as a young woman Mm. to want to connect girls to meaningful stories, to know that God loves them, that they have a purpose and an identity in him, and just to be able to access that in a powerful way. And God really intersected my own professional journey with my faith journey. Mm. I met my husband right in there. So it was just like, it was a lot of like a big old mess Mm -hmm. uh, at that time in my life, like (laughs) in my twenties, trying to figure out, okay, like, what does it mean to walk in faith? And Mm -hmm. what does my work look like? And Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to be this, you know, I'm going to be a writer. And I had no, I mean, other than being in the classroom for a long time with kids, teaching, writing, 
talking about stories, being really excited about, you know, things like language and, and reading and all the things that you do inside the classroom with kids. Mm -hmm. I left the classroom and was thrust into the world of entrepreneurship, not really having any experience as a writer, just like having a passion for writing and communicating with people. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward, you know, Bible Bells was born way back in that season. We've, we've turned it into a best-selling series. It's now all over the world. It's grossed $9 million and counting. It's just, it's been like, just it's it's mm-hmm. exploded over the last several years, mm-hmm. and I really found myself just on the speaking stage, like sharing my testimony, which was a really weird thing for me because I just grew up really guarded about everything I went through and mm-hmm. never learned to like be vulnerable, mm-hmm. share my own personal journey, and like mm-hmm. my struggles with cancer in my twenties and thirties. Like mm-hmm. I just God did a healing work in my life, and then my husband at the time newly married, and he was just like, "Hey, you have." kind of a powerful story. You should maybe think about sharing that with people and maybe writing some different books and, mm. you know, teaching and, and encouraging and motivating people. And I told him, I'm not a sharer. Mm. Okay. So I just was like terrified to even think about what it looked like for me to like dive into my personal mess of stuff that I've gone through and figure out how to analyze what I've gone through and like land on something that I could teach and use to inspire and impact people Mm -hmm. all over. But that's Mm -hmm. exactly what ended up happening. So it was kind of a haphazard way that I became an entrepreneur, but now I'm supremely grateful because Mm -hmm. I get to coach and teach and train other creatives, business owners who want to share their stories. Mm -hmm. And now I've got this, you know, personal experience Mm -hmm. of not really wanting to do it at the beginning. And then just going, okay, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to be bold. Mm -hmm. I can learn to be confident and figure it out. And now I get to coach other people who want to do it too. And it's super fun. Yeah. I totally feel you on that, like resistance to sharing, especially when you don't feel like you've got this like perfect conclusion or it's not tied up in a pretty little bow. But even if it is like, it just feels it's like how, not only how do I share this in a way that's going to make sense, but also how do I share it in a way that other people are going to benefit from? Because I think that's one of the biggest roadblocks people run into when they want to share their story. It's like, okay, but how do I do that in a way that's going to provide lessons or value or something to someone else? Not just like, let me just word vomit my life experiences on you, you know? And I think that can be the biggest challenge when trying to sift through the life experiences you've had, the challenges you've overcome, the things you've walked through, knowing what what should I be sharing? How do I share it effectively in a way that's going to make an impact? I think that's really where the biggest challenge is. And I know that's something you really help a lot of people with. And we've had many conversations about that and what you do is so valuable. But I think, you know, it's important to talk through like understanding your own story, right? Before you can even start to share it with other people. And so I would be curious what your thoughts are on essentially like preparing to write a book, I guess is the best way to say it, like, or preparing to share your story, whether that's in a book or in a speaking type situation or really any other format. But those are kind of the two you and I are most familiar with. And I think the two that many are very interested in doing. So I'd love your thoughts on what does it look like and what do we need to do if we feel called kind of like you did to share our story or to write um, something for others? How can we prepare to even do that? What's your best advice in that regard? Yeah, I think the first thing to do is just stay calm. Um, and <laughs> Remain keep calm. In mind that like when I, you know, when my husband challenged me to do this for the first time, he was like, yeah, you have, you really have something to say and like some mm-hmm. wisdom and some value to provide people. I was like, no, yeah, I'm actually totally cool. Just hiding behind the computer screen. Mm-hmm. 
and I can write these books and write these resources for like young women and adult women and mm. encourage them through these stories. But that just kept a really safe distance between me having to share anything personal. And then when it came time for me to understand, okay, hold on, like, there's, there's been powerful things that have happened in my life. I know these can bless people. And, and now I've, you know, I've, gi- I've given enough talks. I'm sort of, you know, growing our business at that time and going, mm-hmm. okay, there's something here where it's not necessarily me sharing stories, like where I'm removed from the story. Now mm-hmm. I need to figure out, okay, what do I even talk about? Mm-hmm. How do I figure out which stories that I've, or which parts of my life I've gone through are going to be valuable to people? Like, mm-hmm. how do I do the deep process work of looking Mm -hmm. at my life, like the whole of my life's happenings, which Mm -hmm. feels very overwhelming and like, okay, hold on. I can't talk about everything. Mm -hmm. Or is anyone even going to care? How do I sift through like the entirety of everything that I've ever gone through and determine what stories are powerful? Mm -hmm. What are the bigger, um, like, how do I uncover the moral of my story, the messages in my story? Like, Mm -hmm. where do I find the themes and like the patterns where I see kind of things happening over and over? Mm -hmm. So it's so funny how I, and, and what I would say to somebody is if they're like at that place where they're like, man, I know, I know this that my life can benefit somebody. I know if I put this story into a book or a teaching resource, or I want to motivationally speak or inspire people or like tell my story to leverage my expertise in the Mm -hmm. marketplace. Like if I want to do that, I need to, I need a process for Mm -hmm. how I'm going to work through just the junk, like the mess of my life, the the complex body of data that is my own life Mm -hmm. and determine what are those powerful takeaways? What are those thematic threads running through it? Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I, I was able, because I taught in the classroom for such a long time, like I taught, mm-hmm. you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers how to write persuasive essays on mm-hmm. the Count of Monte Cristo and the Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I essentially took a process that we're all familiar with, right? We, we all remember sitting in junior English class going, okay, I got this really terrible prompt from my English teacher about how I need to write down what is the most important lesson coming out of this novel that we Mm -hmm. just read. And so many of us would just sit at our computer screen with the book, you know, the book that we read closed next to us and we'd stare at the blinking cursor on our monitor and just try to dream up from nothing, a thesis statement that made sense for Mm -hmm. the book that maybe Mm -hmm. included words from the book. And maybe it made a claim about what I was reading. And then we'd go sit, we'd get our thesis statement, like whatever version of that we could get down. And then we'd go back fishing through the book, like, okay, where is the evidence that's going mm-hmm. to help me back up this statement I just made about the story? And I don't even know if I'm going to be able to find any evidence, but I think mm-hmm. I'm going to piece this together. Mm-hmm. So essentially what I created is a way to first dive into the story, mm-hmm. the evidence that exists in the story, and then from the evidence determine what my thesis statement is. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do inside Legacy Story Academy. It's what I teach there's a five-step process for helping you. If you're sitting at home and you're like, yes, my story's powerful. Yes, it feels overwhelming. Not sure what to say. Not sure if anyone's going to care. Do I even want to talk about the embarrassing, frustrating mm-hmm. mistakes that I made? Like, do I want to talk about all the things I did that I'm like ashamed at? Like, I'm still dredging things out of the past that I would love to stay hidden there. But this process essentially, like for me, it was just about getting out of my own way and going, okay, no. If I'm roadblocked by my like paralysis and not wanting to share, can I see the people that exist out in the world, be them my audience or the people I'm interacting with on social or whoever I'm, you know, whoever I'm connecting with in the marketplace or wherever I am, can I just, can I just see them for a second? And can I trust in the fact that 
my story is fully unique. There is nobody who has lived what I've lived through. There's nobody who has my unique experiences, my personality. There's no one that has had interactions with certain people, seasons of life that brought intense pain, suffering, hardship, challenges that I have overcome. And can I figure out a way to synthesize all of that data that feels like a mess right now? And make it something that I can work with that's pliable, that's flexible. And then I can get that into a resource, like a high impact resource, like a book or Mm -hmm. a series, like a teaching series to be able to go, okay, I've now graduated, stepped outside of myself and gone, okay, I've made a little more sense of it. I have an intelligent way to approach personal story analysis. Mm -hmm. And now I'm ready to go and talk about how I'm going to benefit my reader what value my listener or my audience can take from the information that I'm sharing with them in honestly the way that nobody else can, because nobody has my unique genius. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, yeah, there's so much there that I'm like, which one should do, which part do I want to unpack first? (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I love that you've put a process to this because I think like you said it often, when we think about sitting down to write a speech, we want to give or, uh, book we want to write or a story we want to tell. It's a lot like that experience when you're in high school and you're just staring at a blinking cursor trying to figure out how to write your 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 thesis or your essay or whatever. And to be able to dig back into the actual, like you said, evidence and and sift through all of that in a way that's really thought out and processed and guided makes such a huge difference because I think we can, especially when, because we're so close to our story. And I'm curious if you have a thought on that, like when it's your personal experiences and your story, do you feel like without having a proven process or a guide or both to be able to help you sift through those things, it's like, you're so close to it that it can be hard to determine what is actually the gold in the story, what you should fit, like focus your main points on or your story on that you're going to share. Like, I'm just curious because there's such a personal attachment to it, if that can kind of make it feel convoluted when you're just trying to DIY it on your own. Yeah, I think the number one thing I hear, like the number one challenge I hear during the coaching, like during all of the one-on-one like stuff I do, like how do I mine the gold out? And that's the, that's the language I use because it's like you, you're essentially like trying to mine from you know, from a mountain, Mm -hmm. like to chisel away. Okay. Like I can't talk about everything. I'm not going to overshare. I need to figure out a way to like interact with the things that I've gone through Mm -hmm. and really come to understand, okay, what patterns are there? If I'm only, you know, divulging, let's say five or seven stories inside a whole book that has like 10 to 12 chapters, Mm -hmm. since I can't talk about everything, I need to uncover those threads where I see certain things happening over and over, or maybe a person or a location is similar Mm -hmm. throughout my story. And then based on the process that I give people, they're able to just how to group the data and see, okay, it seemed like all of these events, like were, were one-offs and isolated in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And now it doesn't seem that way because I've created a library of data to pull from. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the things that are starting, like it's starting to illuminate and become very clear. Oh, actually these seemingly unrelated events are Mm -hmm. actually related in a very powerful way. Mm -hmm. And so the process that I teach through just gives people a way to group that data, right? Group the Mm -hmm. facts that really belong together develop like a rationale statement, like, and this is what we need, right? As writers, we go, Mm -hmm. yes, like I I have this abstract idea of maybe what should go together. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I need the language. I need the sentences. I need the paragraphs. I need the structure. And so giving them that by walking through, like, here's how you write your rationales. This is why I put certain events together. And then 
it becomes very clear what you can start to focus on without feeling overwhelmed, without feeling like, okay, I don't want to beat my story to death. Like Mm -hmm. there has to be a good mix between here's what happened to me. This is what this means out in the real world. And this is how it's applicable and practical to your life. There has to be a really beautiful, seamless balance Mm -hmm. between all three of those factors for, and you know, this as a, as a book writer yourself, like for it to be high impact, for it to add maximum value to people's lives, their Mm -hmm. leadership, what they're doing out in the world, it's got to have that mix of where I'm not just sharing about me. I'm not just preaching at you or talking at you. I've invited you into a conversation. This is about the wholeness of you and your betterment, your overall health, what, what God is doing in your life. Mm -hmm. And let me come alongside that and add the value that I can only add because I've done the deep process work of looking at what I've gone through past, present, where I'm headed into my future. Mm -hmm. And I can make those correlations into your life, help you make connections to real world ideas so that you can live and be and behave differently Mm -hmm. out in the world because of what I'm sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And and that was kind of something I wanted to just follow up on too, because something I was thinking about as you were saying all of that is like, okay, well, I know you have this really deep dive process and you touched on Legacy Story Academy, which we'll come back to in a bit. But I want to know if you can give a few examples just for like the the sake of just kind of getting an idea of what this even looks like. Can you share a few examples of questions that you might try to ask yourself when you're trying to better understand your story, map out your book, organize your ideas? Like what are a couple examples of questions that you might present to someone as they're trying to sift through all of this information and uncover those pieces? Such a good question. So I always tell like when we start step one of the ATP process and ATP stands for analytical thought process, just a fancy way of saying, we're going to look at your story and mine out the gold that exists. We're going to synthesize all the data and determine what are my most poignant takeaways, thematic threads, lessons, like the value, the, the gold that's coming out of my story that only I have. The first step to do that is sort of to analyze your story like you're trying to solve a murder. And you're going to approach it almost like, and I always laugh when I think about this and I I make these correlations in the classroom when I teach this, because like, we're not, we've all seen CSI or we watch like SV, like we watch those crime shows where they walk into a crime scene and like, said, there's a mess of a situation and no one ever walks into those scenarios and goes, I know who did it. Like the Mm -hmm. detectives are there not to make any sort of determination, not to interpret the crime scene in any way. They are just there to gather the data. And the absolute key to the process, if you are starting personal story analysis for the very first time, the best thing you could start off with doing is just ask yourself the really simple question, what happened, right? I can't talk Mm -hmm. about everything, but if I look back at the whole of my life's happenings, Mm -hmm. what are the key events, the important seasons, the important moments of my life where someone shared something that that never left me and I took that with me and it became part of me? Can I make what like what I call a data library? Like mm-hmm. we just at step one of the ATP process is just gather the data, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to interpret the data. You're not going to sit there and go, well, this is what I think is happening. You're mm-hmm. just going to look at the data and you're going to go, okay, I can't include everything, mm-hmm. but do I have 20, 30, 40? There's no real number I give people. I give them like mm-hmm. a wide range, but mm-hmm. you're looking for, you know, textbook. Like I'm not going to interpret the data. I'm just going to go, okay. When I think back to my childhood and I always tell people to do this chronologically, And you can go like where your intuition guides you to. Like we have a spiritual attunement. We have our female intuition. We Mm -hmm. we can access all of those things while we're doing the creative work and we're in a focused flow to like look at the story and go, okay, if I was making a library 
of data that essentially takes someone on the journey that forms my identity roadmap. Like what are the key moments and events and seasons and trials and triumphs and really everything that is of import or significance inside my story. The first step is just writing down the what's, not like why it happened or what it's showing me, but literally what are the facts, mm-hmm. right? And you can think of a detective, you know, interviewing a witness like about that crime scene I mentioned a second ago. The, the detective would be like, give me just the facts, ma'am, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to like go into all the different intricacies and what I think this is saying. You're just going to get the facts down. And so for me, like the example I give inside step one of the program is just like, okay, when I think about a singular high impact event in my life, hands down, it was my first cancer diagnosis. I was 26 years old. I, and then I just write down the facts associated with that. Like where I was, we were at the medical center on Batavia street in my hometown, Orange, California. My mom was with me. We're at the doctor's office. He gives me an exam. He touches my neck. There's no test performed. He just felt me real quick and then said, Hey, you're having an emergency. Like we're having a biopsy tomorrow. You need to clear your work schedule. And that was when my whole life not fell apart, but just the the trajectory of my Mm. life radically shifted. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really, during step one of the process, I'm just trying to get my library in place so I have data to pull from, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to think about what does this mean? What was God trying to show me? And like, Mm -hmm. what did it affect for later? Like, you're just getting your facts down. You're going, okay, can't talk about everything. If I I talked about too many things, a lot of it is not relevant or helpful, but Mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm making a list of significant life events that have shaped Mm -hmm. the person that I am, that I can see and interact with those pieces of data, that's the first step in the process. So it it makes the, it makes the, you know, um, the, your focus for personal story analysis, it takes Mm -hmm. a focus off of like, wow, this feels really overwhelming and everything is so big and there's mm-hmm. so much to sift through. I'm, I, I'm just paralyzed by having to even think about it and going, well, where can I start? Let me make a list of those significant life events. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to interpret them. I'm just going to get them on a piece of paper or on a whiteboard or in a document. And I, so I can look at them and think about them and then move myself through the AT process, group them together, and then write down why I put them together. And then out of that comes the powerful language that you're going to use to tell the story, which is like the best part. Love it. It simplifies it so much. You know, I think like, like I said earlier, I think we get so close to our stories. There's so much to unpack. We have such a hard time analyzing and understanding what's, you know, what's worth keeping, what's not. And I think having a guide and having a process to really simplify it and organize it like with us, for us, um, makes it so much easier. I know in my own experience, like when I first started the book writing process, the very first time I ever wrote a book, I felt like I just wanted to dump all this random stuff in there. And I remember my editor saying to me, she was like, okay, so I'm having a hard time finding like the core theme. Like what's the main message? Like Mm -hmm. I had just kind of like, it almost had kind of turned into a memoir without it intending to be. And not that there's anything wrong with a memoir. That's kind of what you're doing when you're writing your story, but there was no like, silver lining or like thread that was like weaving it all together. So there was just like every chapter was just kind of like random thoughts. And I think that's sometimes what can happen um, when you don't have a process to follow when you're not sure. Like I had to really scrub through a lot and I didn't have this process the first time that I wrote a book. So it was like such a foreign concept to me. And I was like, what do you mean? These are all great stories. They all have like, you know, a purpose in here. And I had to really, I mean, it took me two and a half years to get it to where it needed to be. 
And so that was something else I wanted to ask about was just like mistakes people make when they're trying to write, write their story. Cause I'm sure you've seen a lot in your coaching process and through taking people through this process. So what common mistakes do you see when people are trying to share their story, write a book, all of the above? I'll be encouraged that I've made all of them personally. So now that I coach people not to do, I'm like, I have so many best practices that I'm like, here's all the wisdom of Mm -hmm. me just doing this terribly at the Mm -hmm. beginning. Mm -hmm. Like one thing that I see people doing all the time that I was certainly completely victimized myself at the beginning of the process was let's edit while we write it. Mm. And that is like the number one way to number one, like get yourself out of a creative flow Mm -hmm. because now you, you've taken off your creativity hat and you've put on the, I'm going to fix it hat. Mm -hmm. And it's just the easiest way to completely stifle the creativity that you're trying to to partner with. You know, you're trying to focus, you're trying Mm -hmm. to get into a flow or the ideas are like free flowing. And when you, you know, write a section and then try to fix it Mm -hmm. without just getting through the section, Number one, it just wastes a whole inordinate amount of time. But number Mm -hmm. two, it just takes you out of your creative flow and it can Mm -hmm. get you off track. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I do and and recommend that people do, whether it's inside the program, I started to do this myself years and years ago, was just to like leave myself physical reminders. Like if I'm sitting down to write a section or say I'm going to tackle a certain chapter or subtopic or section of my book, Mm -hmm. I will put a physical reminder. Like you are not editing while you write. Mm. I can look over at it periodically, like do not edit, just get through the whole of this section. Mm -hmm. And during the editing process later, or once you've put the creative focus time, like to the side and you're ready to pick up another, you know, moment as far as, you know, the writing and the, and the, and the process, you can do that, but you're not going to do them simultaneously. And I've, I've gone so far as to, to like save my work in separate word documents, like by chapter. So if I'm sitting down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be really focused today. I have 90 minutes to crank out whatever section I would like to be talking about. I've got my outline. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm, my map is ready to go. I know what I'm doing. Let's be really targeted and deliberate about how I approach the situation mm-hmm. because my inclination to, and our brains will work like this. Like you'll be going and you'll be 40 minutes in and you'll be writing. And then you'll just get like a thought about a different section. Or like, ooh, a fun story that you wanted to include in like chapter six, but right now you're working on chapter two. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a way to like log those, mm-hmm. and it's not, you're not going to like discount the thought that you had. Maybe it's your intuition. Maybe that's going to be a great story for later, but you've got to have a way to like table that, not mm-hmm. forget about it, but just like record it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like I have a journal, like a notepad that sits next to my, so if I do have a thought, it's not, oh, I hope I remember that later. And it's certainly not, let me close this part out and go to a completely different section of my book to get that part written. Cause now I'm just jumping all over the place. So mm-hmm. my advice to people is to minimize distractions, but also to like set yourself up for success by empl- like, like by employing behaviors mm-hmm. and like setting some parameters around when you sit down to write, that is a distraction-free zone. Mm-hmm. When you have free form thoughts that are not related to the that work that you're doing right at that moment. We don't want to discount those. We don't want to minimize those. So get a place to record them that's close by where you can at least reference your notes later and be like, ah, yes, I really wanted to share X, Y, or Z. And that's not for now, but it's for later. And just having like super easy systems and routines built into your writing schedule that allow for your creativity to be focused at the time you sit down to do it. Because that's the number one objection I hear besides, I'm not sure what to say in my book. It's, I don't have enough time to write my book. If you actually really get a grip on your schedule, like the time that you're, you know, that you allot for creativity, the time that you 
don't like the buffer, you know, responsibility, taking care of all the things, email, all the things that can like seep into your writing time and make you less productive. If you don't have like a hardwired way to keep those things separate, that's my advice. Like whatever you need to do to do that and to honor the time that you're sitting down to devote to this book project, it's going to make all the difference. And it's going to make you so much more efficient when you sit down. So if you sit down for 90 minutes, you can get, you know, 250, 300 words written because you're cranking it out because you're free of distraction. You've got a place for those random thoughts to go and you're not, you know, sidelining yourself or sideswiping yourself by every little you know thing that comes in. All right, friend, listen up. If you have been dreaming of writing a book or if you feel that nudge, that Holy Spirit nudge, that call to share your story, but you're trying to figure out how to do that in a way that not only is going to actually impact people and will be in a format people will want to read and will want to share with their friends, but also figure out how to get your ideas on paper, how to get it out of your head, how to turn it into a book and also turn that book into a resource and a tool that you can use to add an income stream or start on a new career path, or even grow an existing business. Books are such incredible tools for building your authority. The word author is literally in the word authority. So if this is something you've been dreaming of, I have something for you that I don't want you to miss out on. My friend Erin is an incredible author. She's a story coach. She teaches people how to map their books. She's helped me with this concept many times and is just so incredible at what she does. And she just opened a program called Legacy Story Academy. And I am teaching a bonus in this program. So the main program teaches you how to write your book in 90 days or less, and you're going to get it done. She has a 100% success rate, if you can believe it or not. And then I'm going to teach a bonus on how to launch your book into the marketplace and reach the right readers, get reviews, get book sales. Like how do you actually do that, right? Like you can write the book, but then what do you do with it? So this is a comprehensive resource for you. If you've been dreaming of writing a book, now is the time to do it. And Legacy Story Academy is the tool and the guide that you need to help you get it done. So if you want to grab yourself a seat, there's a link in the show notes on this episode. Be sure to click that grab yourself a seat, check it out. It's only open for a little over a week. So don't sleep on this. This is so worth the investment. It will be worth every single penny and it will take you from dreaming of writing a book to not only doing it, but getting it done. So go to the link in our show notes, check it out, grab yourself a seat, and I'll see you inside. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. 
Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Your point about editing as you're writing is so true because I don't know if you've found this, but when I've tried to edit as I write, I find that not only does it trip me up and like stop me and, you know, kind of get me out of the creative flow, but I also find that I really judge it as I write it. Like, and I think that's one of the biggest things that will then halt you from continuing, like you said, to kind of be in that creative flow. Because if you come back five seconds after you've written it and judge it and think, oh, that's dumb or why did I say it that way? It's like, you just wrote it five seconds ago, let it sit, you know? And I, I don't know, I just think, I think we can be so quick to judge our work before and like analyze it and interpret it without, without just like letting it be, you know, because sometimes when we let it be and then we come back to it with a fresh mind, we're a lot less harsh on it or we're able to see things we otherwise wouldn't have seen. So it's like, we're, we're quick to judge our own work before we even give it its space to like sit and simmer. So that's something I've learned kind of in that process. So I just wanted to circle back because I think that's a really good point. And I think it really does trip people up in the process of writing and really creating something unique and beautiful. But something else I want to talk about, which is a little bit unrelated to the details of the writing process, but I think it's an important question because I do think people who are considering writing a book or who want to, you know, share their story in this format, they get tripped up by like, can I really do this? And I'd be curious, you know, you started most, I mean, Bible Bells started as some, like you started your own publishing company with that essentially. Like you basically built a book writing business versus going to a book writing business like a publisher and saying, hey, will you publish this thing? So I'd be curious, just this is a little bit more of a practical side of the book writing, but you know, when people are going to invest time into a project, they want to know like, is this going to be worth it financially? Is this going to be worth it just for the time I'm going to put in? So I'd be curious what thoughts you have on can books be monetized even if you've never written them before and you're not, you know, J.K. Rowling and 
can it become a profitable business model or an or or a profitable arm to add to an existing business? I would love to hear your thoughts on that because I think there's a lot of confusion around whether or not the effort put into books is actually really worth it. Great question. The answer is a resounding 100% yes. Now, this is coming from a person who was a full-time teacher with a one-year-old baby when we started our business. Like to say that I had any experience or any connections or any feet even close to any open door, I had nothing when we started. We like had the idea in the car, argued about it as like a newly married <laughs> couple because that's what you do when you're like talking about what to get your five-year-old niece for her birthday. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I have an idea. And I'm like, no, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and we found ourselves like, at the bookstore going, okay, where are the awesome books that like, you know, reflect our heart for girls Mm -hmm. and like, where can we find those resources? So we literally like started with nothing, went to the bookstore and just started thumbing through pages of books that other people had written. We were like, there is nothing in the market that will elite, that will scratch this itch that we know girls Mm -hmm. have. Like we know something needs to exist that will like be as exciting for them as the Disney princesses mm. that will, you know, like have them so enamored by the story and that everything they're experiencing. Can we do it in a way that it, on par and like in the marketplace, you can even tell the difference quality wise. Mm. So I think for us, like going, I mean, having zero idea about how it was going to go, we mm. like, we started going down the church around. It was like, let's write a book proposal. Let's find an agent. And we mm. very quickly, like, got shut down in our first literary agent meeting because mm-hmm. the, and the guy was like he was so kind but he was just like look this proposal is awesome all the artwork is awesome there's nothing on the market like this is so great and I was like yes this is amazing and he just goes no publisher is going to touch this because of the amount of money that is required mm-hmm. like it's going to take so much of a financial investment and then he gave me all the reasons why it wouldn't work for me as the author right I had no social media. I had no platform. I had never written a book. I was a full-time teacher. Like I had a totally different job. Wasn't an entrepreneur. Didn't treat it like a business. Didn't even know how to do that. And I was so green in the world of publishing that very early on after that meeting, I probably left. And the first, the first 72 hours, I was just like super dejected Mm -hmm. because I couldn't see a path forward. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have this idea I know the world needs this. I know I can give it to them. I have a certain level of expertise. I know, you know, I can write. I have a command of language. I am excited about the Bible and I, I can figure out how to do this. I just mm-hmm. can't see how it's going to like insert itself into mm-hmm. the traditional model. And my husband, I'm so grateful for him too, because he just, he never does anything in the box. Like I, he burned the box a long time ago. <laughs> he just like goes and does whatever he wants. And he, but he pursued me in dating that way where mm-hmm. I was like in the middle of my cancer journey. And he was like, no, no, I'll totally come to the doctor with you and like sit there with your mom and do puzzles. And I was like, you're a psychopath. <laughs> like you, we don't, this is not going to work out. And mm-hmm. I just didn't realize like I was going to be healed and we were going to have a family and all the things. So all that to say, he was like, gets in his mind, like there's a different way to do it. There's mm-hmm. another way to do it. It's not what we can see. And the path forward is just going to require us to follow where we feel like we're being led, do it with excellence to find out what to do along the way to make those mistakes, like to figure it out. And we said, let's just make the first one. Let's mm-hmm. just make the first book. You, you know, I wrote it. We found an illustrator. We found a designer. We found an editor. And the only reason we found those people is because we emailed one of the authors whose book we found in that bookstore right after the argument we had. He encouraged me to email her. And I was like, listen, dude, she's like, she's like written 60 books. She's this famous author. I looked her up online. She's not going to talk to it. I just talked myself out of it before Mm -hmm. I even reached out. That one reach out, we asked her like six questions. We were like, we have nothing to give you. We just appreciate your work. We think what you're doing is awesome. Is there any way you could answer these questions that we have about publishing? She 
Amy Parker from Murfreesboro, Tennessee is the reason that my company Mm. exists. Like she introduced us to all the people that helped us create the first book. She edited my proposals, my manuscripts. She, I mean, like this company isn't what it is without just one willing person who had seen a little bit, who had been in the industry, who was forthcoming and willing to to share her wisdom with us. And that's really what changed all of it for us. So I know there's Mm -hmm. someone sitting on the end of this conversation going, yep, I have an idea and I'm stopped right here because Mm -hmm. I don't see that path forward. A lot of times it's just going to take like some boldness on your part and some bravery to step out and go, okay, I know I have these questions. If I could get these three or four questions answered and that would eke me forward in the process, that would give me a chance to take one step. And I know that's going to get me further down the road and toward this goal that I have. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. Like don't despise the small beginnings. When we started, Mm. we had nowhere to house our first order of books. I remember we ordered 3000 books and Mm. it felt like an immense amount of books. And I looked at Brent, we placed the order and I looked at him and I was like, babe, we don't have a garage to store. Like we were in a, an upstairs condo in San Diego, 800 square feet covered parking space. I went, we just ordered a pallet of books and we don't even have a place to flip and put them. Called my neighbor and just said, Hey, could you move your entire car situation over in your garage and all your lawn equipment? Like could you just slide all that over and house this pallet of books in your garage. <laughs> and no joke, we would see, we had like a, like a super bare bones website and we had one book at the time, 3000 of one book. And we would sneak over in the middle of the night, like a box at a time and lug them up the stairs. And as orders would come in, we would ship them out in envelopes one at a time. And so the beginning process, if you're starting out and you're like going the traditional route, like there's an avenue for that. And you're Mm -hmm. familiar, right? Mm -hmm. Like agent, publisher, like there's a a vehicle that will get you onto that side of things. Mm -hmm. But if you just want to put this together and create and customize the publishing experience, that's going to work for you and your situation. Like maybe it's part-time for a little bit. Maybe you're already running a business and you just want to fold a book resource into what you're already offering in the marketplace. There's a way to do that, that can completely transform the way you do business because you get to curate it in a way that fully meets your needs and not just your needs as a business owner, but your needs as a wife or a Mm -hmm. wife-to-be or someone who wants a family. And I think that's what's been really beautiful about this process for us is like, yes, we've experienced all this professional success, but at the end of the day, like we want to invest in our people. We want to invest in our family. We want to live the life that allows for freedom and, Mm -hmm. you know, the ways that we're being invited into like to further our calling Mm -hmm. and to, um, you share our gifts with the world and being able to create something that works for us, for me as an individual and us as a family has just transformed every level of our life and our business. Yeah. I so appreciate you sharing that story and even kind of the humble beginnings of it because it really has become such a profitable, like well-run thing, but that doesn't start that way overnight. But I just want people to hear like, Hey, no one starts as an expert. No one starts as a famous author. No one starts, you know, with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of social media followers. And, you know, I have a slightly different story where I went the traditional publishing route, but that's because I had been, I had actually self-published a couple of books first when I had a very small social media following. I self-published a couple of devotionals and did well enough with those that when I was able to go to a publisher, I was able to point to those sales and say, see, like I can sell books, right? So by the time I, I traditionally published, I had built somewhat of a social media 
brand and I had built something online already. So you can come at it from either angle, I guess, is the moral of the story here. And that's why I think this conversation is so important because Aaron and I's starts look so different in the sense of our starts with publishing specifically, yet both have been incredibly profitable, a huge gift to our families, a huge gift to our businesses, our like everything that we're building. And we've been able to impact those that we really want to impact with our stories, with the work that God's called us to do. And you can do the same thing. And I also want to ask you, Aaron, this is something else that I would love for people to hear, especially just based on everything you shared. I think I know the answer, but I want you to share it. Is there a certain time that is best for someone to write a book? Like, I I think, like, I know you said that one of the reasons people don't write books is because they say I don't have the time. But I think another thought is like, oh, well, same reason the agent told you a publisher isn't going to touch it. Well, you don't have any kind of credibility. You don't have experience in the industry. You don't have a big following, like all of these kind of things that can be deterrents. I'd be curious what your thoughts are in terms of, is there a time that is better or best to start? Or if it's like, if you know you have this in you and you have the drive, go for it. Like, I'm curious what you would say to that. All and yes to everything you just said. But I think the first thing I would say is like, if you have a message or you know there's a message, but you're not even sure what it is, you just know it's there. It's really more about going, okay, I'm going to say yes to this. I need a process. Let me take a really simple framework to like, work myself through, set some goals around it. Mm -hmm. I think once people get through, like get over the major hurdle of, okay, I know, but how, Mm -hmm. once they get the how, like they already have the why they're already passionate about. They're Mm -hmm. like, yes, I like the feelings are there and the passion is there, Mm -hmm. but the passion has to meet the practical. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would say is like, there's no better time than right now. Even if you want to like share your story in a memoir, or Mm -hmm. you want to interweave your story with elements of your professional expertise, because you want to amplify the message that you're already creating out in the marketplace. You've got a business, you're selling products. Maybe you're starting at the beginning. There's no better time to do it right now. Like the market, especially publishing, like trending and different things that are happening in publishing. There's been quite an upheaval for a long time. And it's been so funny to like watch this come full circle as people just six years ago who were like, we have a cool idea for a book series. We have no connections. We don't have a path forward. We don't know what to do. And to to now be on the opposite end of the spectrum where big name publishing houses are reaching out to us. We're doing consulting for them. We're doing deep dives into their business, the marketing and PR work that they're doing to be able to lend our professional expertise into what they're doing because we've essentially like disrupted Mm. that model and made it work for us in Mm. a way. I mean, just coming into it, like totally flying blind, having no understanding of what to do or that it could even happen in a different way than we could imagine. Mm. It was really just about like uncovering a path that was not, that was just very deep down. So I think for the person who's like, is it now or is it later? Like, You can start this process now. And what I love so much about it is a lot of times we just need to say yes and like stick our foot out in faith, take one step. And then what's beautiful is God just illuminates like that next step in the process. He's going to introduce you to somebody. You're going to join a program. You're going to, you know, meet an accountability partner. You're going to find a writing partner. You're like, he can move when we give him space to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think as somebody who dragged her feet in the personal story side of things for so long, cause I was like, I am so just content with like teaching in the classroom and let me just create these books and put them out in the marketplace. And my social media is private so that my students couldn't find me mm-hmm. when I had to flip everything on and be like a front facing representative for our entire like movement for girls and leadership and their identity training and discipleship and all the things. Right. It was very different. Cause I didn't start with like, leveraging social media and talking with people in, you know, on these, on social platforms, Mm -hmm. the way that I interacted with people was 
face-to-face at conferences. I started getting like crazy speaking, you know, invites and traveling all over the world and internationally to go and speak on these particular topics. And I was like, well, I don't even, do I have any expertise? Well, I do because I've written this book series. I've made myself a credible source of information. Let me just lean into this. Even if I don't, even if parts of sharing my personal story feel icky, I'm going to feel this out mm-hmm. and I'm going to take a process that I know works and apply my personal situation to it and watch everything fall into place. Because mm-hmm. once you do the deep dive work, of like this is what I've gone through. It feels like a mess. It's actually not a mess. It's very organized. I can get mm-hmm. my hands around it. The next step is just to map and outline and then carve out the time you need to write your book. And I have a whole entire module inside Legacy Story Academy that has to do with time leadership, not time management, because that's essentially just like taking the mess of your life and making it more organized, which is not the goal. I want to lead myself in the four realms of life, right? Mm -hmm. Personal, family, professional, kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. And generosity. Like there's a whole plane that I'm working across of where I want to be successful, not just in my professional life. Mm -hmm. I want to be successful in every single category of my life. Mm -hmm. And if I believe in the God of the Bible, I know there's more than enough time. He's a God of more than enough. I'm more than a conqueror. There's more than enough time. I have more than enough ability. He's going to fill in the gaps. And so it's so beautiful. And I think that's what I love so much about LSA is like, I just want to help people get out of their own way. I was in my own way for such a long time. Nobody was like roadblocking me, but me. And I had to figure out how to get that, get over that hurdle and go, okay, I need a framework. I need an outline. Once I have an outline, I can sit down, I'll map this book out, I'll set my writing goals and I can do this. And it's just about sometimes getting permission from somebody else to say, you know what, you can do it. Mm -hmm. Here are the tools. This is how you implement them. You know, we're ahead of you in the process. And I I love thinking back about those early seasons and like the people that helped us. This, like, I'm not where I am today without rip of people mm-hmm. that came alongside. Yeah. And I'm just super grateful. Yeah. So anything I can do to encourage anybody who's listening and they're like, I'm on the fence. I don't know. The time is now. This can be a great season for you. And I love that like we're heading into the holidays and the holidays, I think for people can feel so overwhelming. I'm pulled in so many different directions. I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I have all these different, all the busyness and decorate and everything. I have to go do events, all the stuff. The holidays are such an amazing time to like get creative. Mm. You think about the sights and the sounds and your special people and you're having these enriching experiences and it's a time to refresh and recharge before the beginning of the year. I can think of no better time to like get into a creative Mm. flow and get that book from inside your mind to out on paper where it's living and breathing and you can do somebody with something with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because I do think we always think like there'll be a better time or we think, well, I'm not special. You know, I'm not, I'm not famous yet, or I don't have, you know, the, the tools I think I need or the expertise. And like you said, and they're like, you really do once you start digging into your, your story, because your story really gives you the authority to speak on certain things. And once you understand what those things are, you're going to be able to walk in that and lean into that a lot more much like you did. So you've mentioned LSA a couple of times, Legacy Story Academy a couple of times. So let's like just do a quick recap of what is LSA? Why did you create it? And how can a listener who is interested in doing this, uh, get involved in LSA? Yeah, LSA is an eight-week like accountability program that's going to help you take the idea for your book that's in your mind and actually get it out on paper so it is a finished and completed manuscript in 90 days or less. So inside the program is my entire signature process for personal story analysis. How do you mine the gold out? I take you all the way through steps one through five of your personal ATP. And then we go into mapping and outlining starting writing chapter by chapter and finishing the book that you know is inside you. So Mm -hmm. it comes with 
accountability. It comes with support. There's weekly coaching calls where I will literally shepherd you through the entire process. The course itself is self-guided. So you're going to go at your own pace, but we're going to meet week over week, answer your questions, get feedback on your project, and you will have that support system built in because there's nothing more isolating than like starting something creative and going, okay, cool. I got stuck or I am now dealing with writer's block and I'm not sure how to get past it. Or I got three chapters in and now I'm discouraged or whatever. So that's really what LSA is for. It's like the handhold kick in the pants that you need to not just start or, you know, end up somewhere in the middle, but to actually put all the parameters in place to have your book done in 90 days. So it's been super fun. Like I did this over the summer with a high impact, like very small cohort of people inside a founders group where I was really able to like teach through, give them feedback. Like that's the part of the, the teaching component that I love is it's not like, well, here's this framework and like, good luck. Yeah. Cause that just feels really isolating. I know so many of our, like so many might be listening going, yeah, that's how I currently feel. So there's a live coaching component. We meet week over week. You can, you can ask questions, you get feedback on your project. There's a community of women inside the program that are there for you. Our team is there for you. And it's really the differentiator between I'm sitting at home Maybe I can take myself through what to do, or I have a little bit of a plan through Mm -hmm. to full on. You want to get this book done. It is done by the time you graduate program. Yeah. So good. You guys, I've gotten a peek into LSA and it is such a great resource. It's something that I really wish I would have had at the beginning of my writing journey, because I think I would have saved myself a lot of time and headache, to be honest. But I think another question, and Erin, this is something that a lot of people wonder too, is like, great, once I get the book down, like once I get it done, what do I do? And that's why within LSA, if they sign up through me, they will get access to a special bonus resource. And I want you guys to know about this because this is such a game changer. So if you sign up for LSA, you are going to get a basically a bonus training from me and Erin on how to launch your book. We're going to reverse engineer a launch plan because I've launched two bestsellers now, national bestsellers. I've learned a thing or two about what works when launching a book, what doesn't work, how to get it in front of more eyeballs, how to get reviews for your book, like really how to get some traction and fire under it. So once you get that written with Erin, I'm going to come in and basically teach you, here's a plan to get this book launched and get it in front of as many eyeballs as possible. So there's going to be, it's really like the full kahuna, wouldn't you say, Erin? <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way well, to I think that's it. like the hard part too, is that you get your manuscript on, you're like, cool, I wrote my book, now what? Right, right. right. And like you need to know, okay, there's a path to publishing. Mm-hmm. What is it? What are the different avenues? And then when I want to interact with my messaging and my communication with my audience in the marketplace, like how do I, mm-hmm. yeah, reverse engineer, like backwards design design mm-hmm. the rollout for what I'm going to talk about, how I'm going to nurture people. How do I warn my audience? How do I prime them for my message mm-hmm. so that it will be well received, right? Mm-hmm. We want it to be authentic. We want it to be vulnerable. So that's why I'm super excited to offer Jordan's bonus inside the training. Cause it's like, you can't get that value anywhere else. Like Jordan knows what she's talking about. She's launched two successful best-selling books. I mean, she does this up and down in every which way, whether it's Own It Academy or whatever she's launching. And you guys mm-hmm. know it's all gold. So I'm super excited about the value that Jordan's going to bring into that particular bonus because I think that's the number one thing I hear. Like once the book is actually done, it's like, yeah, I'm going to edit it. And mm-hmm. then once I decide on printing and publishing, like it's going to make its way to the marketplace. And then a lot of the times in the publishing world, and you know this, Jordan, we talk about like, okay, I got the book and it's like physically mm-hmm. in my hands mm-hmm. and now I've made it to the starting line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in yeah. some ways it's like, oh, I'm here at the beginning of the race now mm-hmm. where you just feel like you came through this entire process mm-hmm. and you've learned so much and you've grown, but you're at that next big section, which is like, 
okay, now we need to go out and like share the message, amplify what, mm-hmm. what you know, the reach that we're creating yeah. and interact and engage our audience in a way that's powerful where they come and buy the book that I'm going to offer them. Yeah. And even curate the audience who will want it. I think that's another big question a lot of people have, you know, if you're just kind of at the beginning of this journey. So yeah, this is really a, a comprehensive resource, especially with this added bonus. And this is the only place I teach this. Like I don't go about sharing this elsewhere. So if you want to learn, like, how do I launch best-selling books and how can you like replicate that process? And as well as how can you get the book that you know is in you done and make sure that it's like the best it could possibly be? get yourself inside LSA. We're going to put the link in the show notes so that you can get access to that. And I'm going to be sharing it all over social media uh, during the week that it's open as well. Erin, tell us the exact dates that it's open just so anyone who's listening knows when to get in by. Yep. Enrollment for the fall is opening October 25th. And it's social. If you go to erin.wymail on Instagram at the link in my bio, that's the easiest place to like get plugged in. Awesome. Okay, you guys. So check out the link in my profile. Be sure to get yourself a seat in LSA if you've been wanting to write a book. Erin, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing all the wisdom that you have. Thank you for creating such a great resource for people who know they are called to write a book, that they have a a story to to share and who have a lot to say and just need help getting it out there. I think what you're doing is incredible. And I'm so honored to come alongside of you and doing this in a small way. Just thank you so much for being here. It's been so much fun. Well, I can be more excited, Jordan. And I love that we get to partner together on this. I've been personally so impacted by your books. I know everybody listening has too, like your vulnerability, the way how authentic and transparent you are. You're not afraid to share the real and like whole version of you. And it's always so powerful. And so I'm just really excited we can partner in this way. Just love you. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley. And tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.